What's up, everyone? This is Endless Audio Podcast, episode number three. We have a very special guest, Joseph Marmel. Hello. Thank, thanks for having me on. Uh, longtime fan of the show, first time guest. He's actually our first guest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Angela's here, too. Bruh. <laughs> you were like, oh, yeah, she's she's also here, by the way. I'm just Joseph, Joseph Goober Marmel. Okay, introduce yourselves <laughs> first. <laughs> introduce yourselves first. We're just <laughs> and also really Angela's here. Angela, the co-host, is yeah. also here. <laughs> wait, wait. Why are you introducing me? She is gorgeous to me. <laughs> Ange- Angela is in a new location, though. In Memphis. I am. Yeah, I have no Wi-Fi, so I'm actually in a movie in the the apartment movie theater right now. Mm-hmm. It's actually really cool. Um, have you guys ever seen The Firm with Tom Cruise? I have not. No. Have you guys ever seen Walk the Line? No. That that sounds like one I should know, but I haven't. Have you guys ever seen Castaway? Yeah, that's a great one. I have not, but one. I know Tom Hanks is in it. I know there's like the volleyball or something. Wilson. Or Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, Wilson. <laughs> 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 but Ange, I know you want to uh oh also happy birthday to Marissa. Her birthday is yesterday. But and, yeah, I know you went to the Grizzlies game yesterday. How's that? I did. I got to see John Morant in person, kind of. Um, I know a lot of people kind of have beef with him right now, and I'm not trying to side with him, but I think that the Grizzlies have a cool logo. I'm going to just put it out there. They have one of the coolest NBA jerseys, in my opinion. The retro, the retro jersey, too. Yeah, even like the Vancouver Grizzlies. Like, I, I like the colors, too. Like, I think light blue is one of my favorite colors. Thoughts on um, that, Joseph? What's that? Thoughts on that? <laughs> Thoughts, Thoughts on, on John Morant uh, or the Grizzlies? Yeah. I got I to gotta agree with you there. They got great jerseys, you know, great logo. That's what you look for in a team, really, yeah. is the... the the logo and the colors, you know. I have an interjection though. Who who are the Vancouver Grizzlies? Um, that's what that was the team before they moved to Memphis. Oh, I didn't even know that. So I didn't know that either. But a lot of people were wearing those jerseys, and those jerseys were also sick. They were turquoise, and then they had a grizzly bear, which makes a lot of sense because I'm not thinking there are a whole lot of grizzlies out here in Memphis. True. I've never been to Memphis, so I don't know, but. Joseph, it's just uh, a not yet. Anything uh, interesting happening in your life recently? Uh, not a ton. No, just uh, just finishing up at school. Just nice studying, man. It's fun. He's in the books. This will be probably the highlight of my week. I mean, how you doing, Michael? <laughs> yeah, yeah right. how are you doing? I'm doing good. I feel like I had way more interesting things to talk about. Let me check my phone notes here. Let's see. Let's see what's been going on in my life. Oh, I did want to bring this up. Um, I did take pictures for Maya Hawk, so that was cool. And yeah, that was really cool. Sorry. Yeah, I did not get paid, but it's at the Metro. I got to be in like a photo pit for the first time. It's pretty awesome. They did kick me out after the first three songs, so I just got to go home early. But that was really cool. I was really close to her. Um, and oh, I also wanted to bring this up. We were supposed to record this episode like a while ago, but we didn't. But Predictions to win March Madness. I had Gonzaga, but now they are out. Ooh, I had uh, I, I had UCLA, oh. I believe. I did too, and I was like, they have cool jerseys. I blue. 
Yeah. Light blue and yellow. And yellow. <clears throat> who's he? <laughs> I don't even know who's in anymore. Uh, I think. Huh. Was Texas in? I don't think so. Are they uh, Joseph? Do you know? Maybe. Uh, I'm pulling up my bracket right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, me and Joseph are in a bracket. Mm-hmm. I was in first place for a, for a while, and now I'm gonna lose. I think Florida Atlantic. So we so right now it's in the final four: San Diego State versus FAU and Miami versus UConn. I gotta mm. go with UConn. Now. Yeah, UConn's pretty strong. They've like blew out Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. So. And then the women's team like had that undefeated season. Oh yeah. Hey, women's though, Caitlin Clark. Thoughts? I'm not gonna lie. I I feel like I haven't been following up with sports very much because I'm just like go to work, go to work, go to work, and then run. Yeah, you've had like a busy like life change, so that's understandable. But uh, want, should we move on to a trivia question? Oh sure. I get it. You don't want to talk about our lives. Well, we got We got a schedule. We got a okay. big time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I got three really good ones that may relate to joseph in some way um but you guys can work together or do you want it to be like a like we have to buzz in a competition yeah like make a noise and then like you have to answer it like family feud or something i don't know what kind of noise do you want me to make whatever noise you want to make i don't know we can use um no never mind what (laughs) we can say we we could use the uh the reactions (laughs) tab on zoom no but then the viewers can't hear that that's true or the listeners we'll just buzz it we'll eh. Yeah, do that. Do a buzz noise. Are you there, Ange? Yeah. All right. So these kind of are skewed towards Joseph because he's our guest. I wanted him to feel comfortable. But <laughs> all right. So which U.S. state is nicknamed the Mountain State? The Mountain State. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Uh, is it Colorado? No, Angela. The, the steel. Ten points for the steel. Um. Wait. Do I have unlimited time? Uh. Maybe pick an answer within like ten seconds. Um, I want to say like it's got to be like a Rocky Mountain kind of state, right? No hints, bruh. Michael, come just on. Just say a state. You usually give a... me a little bit. Um, it's like on the right side of the. United Can you give States. me the first letter? Can you give us the first? W. Letter? Washington. No, it's Wyoming. West Virginia. Bruh. West Virginia. What? Oh, how did I not know that? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, was a, I was a mountaineer for five months man yeah um i thought he was gonna get that one okay next question this one's not really skewed towards anyone but someone might know it you never know all right so what nazi field marshal was known as the desert fox <laughs> how is this skewed towards joseph <laughs> I, said, I said this one not but i know he like knows a lot about german history uh i wouldn't say i know a ton uh <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not enough to know the names of Nazis. So I'll go ahead and just pass on that one. I'm actually afraid to be right about that. <laughs> Angela? Uh what? I'll throw out a guess though. Is it is it Nick Fuentes? No. It's Angela, you just want me to say it. I don't think you'd know. No, give me a letter. Give me a letter. E. I knew Grover Cleveland. E. His his uh, initials are E-R. Elias Roth. It's Erwin Rommel. Okay. Third one. <laughs> These are some tough trivia questions today. Why would you do this? How? <laughs> all right. How many total combined red and black numbers are there on a roulette wheel? Eh. 74. Oh. What is it? It's 32. Oh, 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 oh. 
I just misspoke. 36. I'm sorry. 36. Yeah, it's 36. That's right, Ange. Those are kind of tough. That felt like I was cheating there. Those are kind of tough. We did play a lot of roulette in Vegas. Me and we Joseph. Did. Yeah, Joseph made a decent come up. Not going to lie. So, uh, just going to go right into the movie. If you didn't know from the title of this podcast, we watched The Menu, which came out in 2022, starring Anya Taylor-Joy as Margot, Rafe Fiennes as Chef Slowick, and Nicholas Holt as Tyler, um, directed by Mark Milo. I believe that's how you say his name. Um, I could read the synopsis. This one's from IMDb. It says, a young couple travels to a remote island to eat at an exclusive restaurant where the chef has prepared a lavish menu with some shocking surprises. Thoughts on that synopsis? You think that's pretty accurate? It was it was very vague, which I feel like you always look for in a synopsis so it doesn't give out exactly what's going on. Like when the trailer gives out the whole entire movie, it's like, oh, well, uh, what's the point in watching the movie now? So I thought it was it was just enough to give us what we needed. It's a little taste. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I'd have to agree. What do we? Um, what do we? I, what do we have to agree? Um yeah, no, the and the trailer itself too, it didn't give away too much. Uh yeah. Accurate, good synopsis. So uh initial thought though, I just want to bring this up. Do you guys think that this movie would also be about cannibalism? I thought it would be. Like the menu, like it's like shocking, it's like a thriller, or like it just seems so easy, but it didn't go that route. And I was proud. I was happy. Why? I was happy that they like subverted expectations. Like I really thought like cannibalism would just be the easy route. But it's a lot more than that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I bet that's the sense that I got from the trailers is that this movie was going to be about cannibalism. I mean, like the menu, the title, the menu kind of suggests that like maybe they're on the menu, the, the, the people. Angela, I just want to can I just like say what what I liked and what I didn't like? Yeah. Can I simplify it? OK, sure. I mean, I like Nicholas Holt. Like, I liked him a lot from Warm Bodies, but he was a very distasteful character in this. I almost wanted to just go and, like, slap him. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I felt like... I know this movie was also sort of like a dark comedy in a way, but um, I I just did not like him at all. And I thought that I would really like him because, you know, like, he's a food photographer. He's a food blogger. He has, like, all of this, this information about food. And just being a foodie, I'm like, okay, yeah, I like that. But I was like, you know what? He's actually really disgraceful. And I felt like him being put on the spot and then having to actually make a dish and execute it. I'm glad that he couldn't cook. Let Let him him cook. cook. Let him cook. That leads me to a point, though. So if you were in Tyler's position and you had to make make a dish on the spot, what would you make? What are you so confident that you could make that it would just be, that would meet? the chef's expectations salmon everyone who knows me knows that i can make some good salmon but i rely a lot on like my my spices salmon asparagus salmon that's a bold choice because i feel like i would i would mess up a salmon maybe that's you sir yeah no i'm I'm saying it's impressive (laughs) that that's your choice that's your go-to it's it's, what about you uh or joseph both y'all joseph you go first uh, I gotta go with scrambled eggs. I feel like we can make some really good scrambled eggs. I know it's like a really cop out answer, but uh, I actually kind of, kind of uh, identified with Tyler 
at first in the movie because I'm like a huge Gordon Ramsay fan. And uh, if I had the chance to be served by Gordon Ramsay, I'd probably be acting like Tyler acts like, oh, I wonder if he likes me. <laughs> but but yeah, so Gordon Ramsay had a, a video of how to cook the perfect scrambled eggs. And I just I've tried to imitate it so many times. So I'll go scrambled eggs. You've also had a lot of practice with it, too. You know, they say 10,000 hours, so I'm sure you're making lots of eggs. Mm-hmm. Probably perfected it. Yeah. No, it took a lot of tries. Is that your favorite egg type? Scrambled? Scrambled? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Scram- scrambled, that's just like the, the classic, you know? More of like an over medium. A lot of places can't do it. Over medium? They, they make it too runny. What is over medium? It's just where there's like a little bit of yolk. It's like bubbled up on top. Okay. And then, yeah. It's, I don't know. I really like it on omelets, honestly, but sometimes like the outside's like over easy. It's just like way too runny. Not a big fan of that. What about you though, Ange? I like over easy. I like a good um, eggs Benedict as well with some hollandaise sauce. Oh but, yeah. I mean, yeah, pretty good. It brings me to another egg. Deviled eggs. Those are bussin'. Deviled eggs are bussin'. <laughs> Deviled eggs There's are the a lot only... Of protein. That that's the that's the dish where you can eat like ten eggs total and be like I don't feel like I had that many because they uh, you just you just drive them in they're so good deviled eggs you just drive them in <laughs> oh I feel like it's one of those things though it's like I mean I could eat ten deviled eggs but should I mm-hmm. you should I don't know get like my gas is really bad after I have a lot of eggs so. That's just, maybe that's just me. I don't wait, know. Wait, wait, I have another thing about eggs. Do you guys remember when they played like hide and seek in the movie? And the guy who was in the chicken coop was found last and he was rewarded with an egg, like another dish. He was. Yeah. And then they did like the subtitles on it. And it was like egg, cream fresh and maple. Creme fresh. Creme fresh, whatever. But that just looked really <laughs> good. I don't know. I just thought that was funny that they just added that like little piece into the movie like i wasn't expecting that i i, I really like that oh, oh sorry. sorry go ahead Ange. no you go you go you go oh uh, uh so i was gonna say uh he's he's found in a chicken coop uh which is a little ironic because they were going to serve him that egg to be to the, for the winter to begin with mm. uh and it's just like this really bougie meal it's a passard egg with creme fraiche and maple you wrote that down too i did yeah i have i have the whole menu written down Oh, nice. Let him cook. Angela, is that your foot in the background? Yeah. Are you what? Oh, my <laughs> God. Put the dogs away. Was, Not even wearing socks. I was wearing my Burks. It's like 70 something degrees here. Oh, that's actually nice here. It's like 40 or 50. Yeah. Yeah. I wore in like, I ran him like my sports bra today. But I was going to say, I mean, I like that you guys wrote down all the different dishes. But that was probably my favorite thing as like once something on the menu was showcased, they like they basically just showcased it. And then they had like the little even Tyler's dish. Tyler's bullshit. What did it say? Yeah. What did it say for that one? I forgot about that. Uh, Tyler's bullshit. Let's see here. I have it buried in my notes, but let's see. I think so. Yeah, it's the seventh course. Tyler's bullshit is undercooked lamb, inedible shallot leek butter sauce with an utter lack of cohesion. Wow, that's awesome. I, I totally forgot that they put that in the movie. Mm-hmm. Did we bring this up? How Tyler was like secretly taking pictures of all the food? Like, and they said like no yeah. photos. That's so disrespectful. Oh, sorry. I was going to say something real quick. Like, it's, he's kind of like that guy like at a concert who just like records the whole concert. 
And it's just like, bruh, I don't know, kind of got to live in it a little bit. I was also kind of thinking this. I'm not going to lie. I don't quite remember how many guests were in the dinner party. But in a way, I was thinking of all the seven deadly sins in a way. Oh. I don't know. Like how so? Um, what are the seven deadly sins? I think you can make a case for that, Angela. Really? Because, yeah, no, because off, off the top of my head, we have... Um, uh, I think his name is George Diaz, who's the actor. He's really kind of just obsessed with being like noticed and being notable. So that's kind of like prideful. Uh, so that's one of the sins. And then we have the 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 finance bros who get caught up with the, the that's like greed because they're stealing from their company. Uh, we have the uh, the married couple. The man is cheating, which is lust. Mm. So really. Uh, Tyler, Tyler's really angry at Margot most of the movie. That could be wrath. I think that's a good, I think you have it. I think you got, you got something there, Angela. Thank you write like Goober. a thesis about this. I'm surprised <laughs> Goober knows all the seven deadly sins. Oh, Why? I don't even know like all of them. That just seems like. Weren't we all raised Catholic? I am confirmed. I just didn't like have them all in the I am there. confirmed. Confirmed. <laughs> confirmed. He is gorgeous. To... Wait, how do you do it? Oh, she is gorgeous to me. <laughs> Wait, speaking of impressions, Goober, I heard you got a good Gordon Ramsay impression. You donkey. <laughs> you fucking donkey. <laughs> Where's the lamb sauce? I wasn't going to make him do it, but I'm glad that you wrote that up. I, just, I wanted to hear it. You call it. that a fillet. It's still raw. I can hear it fucking mooing. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the movie, though. Going back to the hide and seek game, you know how Tyler was just like so obsessed with like Chef Slowick and all of his dishes and the whole thing. He didn't even like run away during the hide and seek game because he wanted to see like what the women were doing inside to make sure that he didn't like miss anything. I just thought that was really funny. And also, um, just Tyler in general, um, when him and Margot are boarding like the yacht to go to Hawthorne, like the private island, um, he didn't even like remember her name. And that just kind of shows like his complete like disregard for her because he knew in advance that they were probably going to die. I think that that's the most messed up part. I'm so sorry. You go off. No, no, no. You're, you're good. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, no, when you said earlier that uh, Tyler left a bad taste in your mouth, I thought that that le- like not only is that clever because the movie's about food, but uh, yeah, he just like has no empathy the whole movie. He's just focused on the food and like the experience. That's all he cares about. And then um, I don't know if we did a spoiler alert yet, but OK, spoiler alert, because um, it's revealed at one point that he knew that whoever he brought on this date was going to die. So he hired Margot knowing that she would die, just showing how he has like no empathy for people. I think at the end of the day, I it's hard because similar to, I suppose, the death penalty. I don't want to I don't want to say it in that kind of way because I don't think it's quite as harsh. I I don't think that anyone really deserves to die, but like was he also so obsessed? Like I don't know, I felt like his death was somewhat fitting. Like he was so obsessed with the chef that I don't know, he was willing to just go and hang he out. He deserved to die. No, but he just like he just like listened to what he wanted and he just hung himself. He was that obsessed and like that caught up in what Chef Slowick wanted that he was just willing to go and be like, this is what he wants for me. 
he didn't even have his own i don't know the word but like control over his own life it was just he wanted to impress the chef so much that he was like willing yeah. to do anything just to get his like validation mm-hmm. and speaking of death you guys remember um the sous chef his dish the mess yes where he just kind of shoots himself right in front of everyone and i don't know just going back to that how he's saying like he wanted to be like chef slowick but he didn't want his life because you to be amazing at anything you kind of have, like, have to make sacrifices and i thought that this kind of reminded me of like tom brady not that he killed himself but in the way that he wanted to play football until he was like 45 years old or, or whatever and uh like to reach or to strive for that type of like greatness you have to make sacrifices and as most people know like he lost his marriage because of that so yeah i don't know i just thought that was really i actually i have a quote for that as well um slowick says that even when the food is perfect and everyone is happy there's no way to avoid the mess you make of your life and your sanity and i just thought that that was a, a you know really cool uh really cool statement not in the sense that it should be like imitated but um it just shows how he's so like tired of being a chef Mm -hmm. like he always has to like reinvent like himself like the menu is always changing like and also like the storytelling but uh before each dish and how he like researches like all of the guests like just like how dedicated he was like that was like super cool um besides like his whole like what he wanted to be remembered by at the end um, like the whole like art piece part of it. Um, but I don't know. I just thought like all of the storytelling, like this man was like very driven and very dedicated to his craft. But I mean, in a way, he also kind of like he lost that about him and like in his career, because at the beginning and when Margot sort of went into his living space and then saw his like the pictures of him in his first restaurant and him as a young chef, I think you can also see like being a chef brought him joy and then afterwards I don't know he he also related like you know like he lost that love of being able to do that yeah no uh he he lost basically all the joy out of his life and that's what I find kind of interesting about uh chef Slowick throughout the movie is that he's treated as like the tortured artist um the uh Lee Brants the uh married couple uh the couple that the man is having an affair in so they ate at the restaurant 11 times, but they couldn't name a single dish. And when given the opportunity, Mrs. Lee Brandt says, we had cod, we had cod. And he says, cod. Uh, and Slowick is like, it wasn't cod, you donkey. It was halibut. It was rare fucking spotted halibut. And she says, what does it matter? And he says, it matters to the halibut. It matters to the artist whose work turns to shit in your gut. So it's that that scene really shows off how um slowick has reached a certain price point in his restaurant career that he's only serving to a select portion of the population rich people uh and he's trying to satisfy people who can never be satisfied because they're always wanting more and more and uh even though they've been there 11 times they can't remember anything yeah don't even know one dish right so that kind of plays into the concept of like the the tortured artist that they're trying so hard to impress people and get that validation, but these people will never be satisfied. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was I was talking about that with one of my coworkers actually because 
I kind of may have spoiled a little bit that we would be talking about the menu. And he was like, oh, yeah, like I watched the menu. And um, he was talking about how like Anna Taylor Joy. Is it Anna or Anna? I feel like I think it's Anya. Anya. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a little ignorant. Yeah, she's going to be listening to this. Yeah, she is. Um, But how she was kind of like put in the movie as like, I don't know, someone like within the audience, because obviously us mere mere mortals as like onlookers to like the movie or whatever. um, I don't know. None of us have likely probably experienced a Michelin star restaurant kind of thing. And so for her to just be like someone who. (laughs) Actually, I've been doing. Yeah, me. You guys, so pretentious. It was three stars. It's like the highest star restaurant. It was amazing, though. It was amazing. It really was. I took pictures of my food. (laughs) I'm telling you, I'm tired. I think think that there's like an appreciation there, though, for people who, who, um, I mean, like we all obviously love food to some capacity, but it's like, I don't know. She was kind of put there as just like an outsider to like this whole like pompous and and pretentious world of of food and higher living and things like that it was like the down-to-earth one like the person that like everyday person like the middle class person can like relate to like in the movie yeah and there's a ton of references that she makes throughout the movie to that big class difference so like right off the bat uh we have the price point for the restaurant it's uh one thousand two hundred fifty dollars a head and margo says what are we eating a rolex um there's Tyler kind of talking about the the alginate algae that's in the um, the boat the appetizer that they have on the boat, and she says, "Oh, that's just pond scum." And she she actually also she also says, "I wish it was just a regular oyster. I like oysters, you know." So that that kind of shows that she's like she is like the the one that we're supposed to relate to as the audience because mm-hmm. she's just calling out all of this uh, uh, avant garde bullshit. I have one more thing. I think it was when they when he didn't serve bread. Like, what did he serve, Chef Sloic? What was it? Was it like aioli or? It was a breadless bread plate. Uh, The description was uh, no bread with savory accompaniments. Yeah, she was just saying how it was like such bullshit that there was like no bread. And then like Tyler and everyone else was like, oh, my God, this is like amazing. He was just like, I don't know, like he's literally like insulting you guys and you're like eating it up. Y'all are literally eating it up. No, but so I have a question for you guys. Kind of a big question, actually, and it relates to that scene. So, you know, she's like, no bread with a bread plate. That doesn't make sense. And he says he's not just a chef. He's a storyteller. And her res- and um, Margot's response is maybe you should give food to people at a restaurant. Well, <laughs> my question is, do you guys think that chefs are artists? That's a good question. Um, um, you could say like, do you want me to go first, Ange? Okay. So... <laughs> So, I mean, people, there's like an artistry to almost anything, but I feel like some people are just more so than others. Like you could say like, people say like Kyrie Irving is like an artist, like the way he like plays get basketball, just the way he like finishes, like his layups are kind of crazy. Like, have you saw that highlight where he like switch hands like midair and then like spins it like off the backboard? Like, I don't know, just like him, he's like more artistic than say someone maybe like. I don't know, like Joakim Noah or something. Like, not saying he's bad at basketball. Like, I'm just trying to find someone who is maybe not at that level. Okay. 
Um, but yeah, I definitely think that chefs are artists, probably some more so than others. I don't really know many chefs besides like Gordon Ramsay, Iron Chef Bobby Flay. Um, <laughs> Iron Chef Bobby Flay. Um, let's see. Uh, diners. Robert Biden's. Irvine. <laughs> Guy Fieri. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think they are. What do you think, Inge? Buddy Velastro. I did like Cake Boss. I don't sometimes though I'm like I don't cake boss or ace of cakes. I liked both of them. Cake boss's cake was not that good. I tried it in Vegas. Michael. Buddy V's cake. His pizza was good. I liked the pizza. I want to try the wait, was it like a, a lobster roll? Lobster roll. <laughs> no. Or just pepperoni pizza. I'm the cake boss. I'm Italian. <laughs> Mamma mia. Um, That's a great example of a really pretentious cake though, Michael. I think yeah. we didn't like it because it was like fondant instead of like fondant. like buttercream does not it does not taste good. Yeah, like, it's like a flat. Half of, it, half of it is also like a rice cake. That's what or, or like um the rice crispy treat. I'm like, okay, but what's the point of it to make it look cool? It's just it's filler. Not, yeah, it's like it's just filler, no cannon. Mm-hmm. It's like no cannon. The cake boss show is like hit my ride for cakes. And like, <laughs> like, oh, you like fish? Here's like a fish bowl in your car. But I think I think the cake boss is a great example of this this discussion, though, because mm-hmm. he makes the cake look really beautiful. So his his cakes are works of art, I would definitely say. But like you said, a lot of it is fondant, which is kind of icky, right? And then rice krispie treat. So if the cake doesn't taste good, is it a good cake? You know. If you look at it like it's a piece of art, but it doesn't taste good, is it a good cake? I think that that also sort of speaks to people, you know, like a lot of these people are, again, like building off of like the class structure and and things like that is like, I don't know, you can seem like you are like this lo and behold, like this amazing person on the outside, just like social media, things like that. But like, then you get to know the person beyond that get to know them personally and you can be like okay um i don't really know if this is this is the persona that i'm i'm seeing on the internet and things like that i don't know it's just very superficial that's like how society is and maybe that's how this movie is speaking on mm-hmm. you know like beauty kindness it all goes beyond just being like skin deep that's a good point yeah it's it's what's on the inside not on the outside mm-hmm. And I just wanted to say that all of those people, even I would say, like, I kind of like felt bad for for the movie star because he was like, oh, like, wh- like, why do I have to die? And he was like, I just didn't like your movie. And it was on the one day that I had off. I was like, you know what? That's fair. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. But wasn't that guy kind of like shysty? Like he was kind of like. Can you define shysty for me? <laughs> <laughs> like he was. He was just a little bit sketchy. Like, he was always just trying to, like, make himself seem, like, more important than he actually was. Like, to his, like, date. Like, I don't know how long they were, like, dating or whatever. But, like, like he was, like, remember he was telling her that he knew the chef personally. And then she's like, oh, tell him to stop. Like, aren't you friends with him? He's like, oh, not really. Like, he just wants to, like, he just has, like, an inflated, like, ego, basically. Yes, he even says he's a name-dropping whore. (laughs) Yeah, I, I forgot about that. But we should go more into like the class, like the service workers versus like the eaters. Isn't that what he called them? Mm-hmm. Didn't you have some? You had some points about that, Joseph. I did. Um, real quick though, about 
Diaz and why he has to die. So Sloak is like, uh, he said he's haunted by his performance in that movie. And he brings up a really important question. He says, what happens to an artist when he loses his purpose? It's pitiful. So Sloak has lost his purpose. He's lost that like drive to please people uh, with his cooking. And he admits that it's pitiful, but he never forsakes his craft. Like he never puts out crap. He'll just put out the same quality uh, and just hate his life for doing it. Kind of like Cake Boss. Um, but also, <laughs> also kind of like, I was going to say like the late Ray Liotta, um, you know, he was in Goodfellas. He's on all, all those like mobster movies. And then he started doing Shantix commercials. And yeah. his final movie was Cocaine Bear, which is like kind of like a parody, like a joke movie. And it's like, I don't know. Is he doing it for the art anymore? Or is he just doing it for like the paycheck? Right. Um, but yeah, more on this, uh, this class stuff. So Margot meets with Chef Sloak in his office. He kind of tells her that she belongs with the other shit shovelers, the service industry workers. He, he knows that she's a service industry worker because of her uh, kind of oogling uh, or ogling. Not sure how to say that one. But Mr. Lee Brandt, she was looking at him, kind of making sure. And he's like, well, it's obvious that you were um, he was one of your clients. Uh, and th- so this is this is what I think you misinterpreted it as as I did the first couple times I watched the movie. So she's describing uh, the services that she was asked to perform. That was not for Tyler. That was for Mr. Liebrandt. Really? Yes. So oh, earlier, earlier in the movie, uh, Mrs. Liebrandt is saying, who's that, who's that girl over there? She keeps staring at us. Do we know her? And he says, no, we don't know her. And, he's, and she says, that looks just like our Claire. That's like our daughter. She looks just like our daughter, Claire. And he's like, we're not going to obsess over this. Okay, we don't know her. So later, uh, Slowick says, he rattled you. Uh, and you don't, you don't seem like somebody who could be easily rattled. So he asked her to describe how she was rattled. She said, uh, he asked me to agree with everything he said while maintaining eye contact while he jerked off. Uh, and he's like, oh, yes, that's that's gross. And uh, and she goes, no, 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 that's not the part. That's pretty unoriginal. That's pretty common. She says, uh, he asked me to say that he was a good man and that I'm his daughter and that we love each other. Oh, I, I totally like misinterpreted that. I thought like she was a service worker or like a sex worker. And like she was like with Tyler. Mm-hmm. But damn, I did not catch that. So the way I interpreted that was that this man obviously had a falling out with his daughter, Claire, and she does not like him. And he somehow in his sexual deviancy derives pleasure from have, you know, encountering a girl that looks like his daughter telling him that she loves him, which is just, I mean, one of the creepiest things I've ever heard. (laughs) Damn. Thoughts, Angela? I don't know what to think of that. But I mean, I that's what I was getting when I watched the movie too. And I was like, uh, this is this is quite distasteful. Mm-hmm. Mm. Distasteful. Distasteful. And that's the word of the day. But yeah, I don't know. I did I did not like thinking about that though. Move on. Yeah, I don't think anyone wants to think about that. That's definitely <laughs> we could talk about how um chef slowick calls margo into his office and kind of asks her because she's not originally supposed to be there because tyler was supposed to bring someone else and i'm pretty sure they broke up right or something like that Mm -hmm. 
Like, what was the reason for her not going? Because I think that she also knew the truth about, like, about the whole dinner thing. And she was like, yeah, no, this guy's crazy. Okay. So, and then she kind of tells him, or tells uh, Margot, like, to choose. Like, is she, like, an eater? Is she... A taker? A giver or a taker, yeah. A giver, yeah, basically. Um, And then she just kind of, that's kind of, like, where it, I don't know, the movie just kind of takes a turn where it's her, like, debating, like, because she's not supposed to be there. and. He's giving her like a chance to live. I don't know. Did well, you want to go more into that? Yeah. So he's he's not giving her a chance to live. He's just giving her a chance to die with her own kind. Because he sees ah. them as, as being very similar, which is why I think the the office scene is a really big turning point in the movie of why Margot starts to understand Slowick uh, instead of just seeing him as this this psychopath. So she kind of describes uh, how she provided her services, and he's. He's asking her, you know, do you enjoy providing that service? And she says, well, you know, I used to. Do you enjoy your services? And he says, yeah, I used to. So they're kind of in a field that they at one point enjoyed. But these bad customers have completely like disillusioned them from their like original goal that they set out to do. So she starts to kind of identify with him or with his struggles. But yeah. Any any other thoughts on that? Angela? I guess, like, I don't know. I think that's it's also, like, really important. I don't want to be, like, oh, like, the whole idea of, like, mentorship and things like that. But, like, I think that maybe he's also trying to, like, open her eyes to the to the fact of, like, you know, maybe if you don't make the same mistake that I do and kind of, like, lingering around and trying to please people in in whatever, like, field that she may be working in, kind of thing like I don't know this is like I'm trying to save you from being like me and Mm. I feel like there are a lot of characters that have that sort of dynamic and they kind of take like a younger character under their wing I'm trying to think of other instances or opportunities I think that happens a lot in life a Kobe and Shaq probably I'm just kidding I'm just kidding no you're not you're not kidding Kobe and Shaq that was was good though they're more like they're more like equals I don't know. It's like a good like mentor and like prodigy duo. I don't know. I don't know if I could think of one. Jo- Joel and Ellie. Yeah, The Last of Us. You've been watching that, Edge? I've actually been like reading uh, manga because <laughs> I have no Wi-Fi. Actually, ah. I've also been watching. I'm back on my anime kick. Oh. Nice. Like Attack on Titan or what? Chainsaw Man. You watch Chainsaw Man? No, but Marissa was wearing like a Chainsaw Man shirt on her birthday, oh. and so. Yeah, I know that's like an anime, and I never watched it. Uh, me and one of my friends are watching um, Jujutsu Kaisen. You watch anime, Joseph? Uh, I've I've dipped my toe into some anime <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I haven't I haven't really dove into anything. I I watched all of um, Neon Genesis Evangelion, oh. which was good. It was good. Nice. What about you? Are you an anime fan? Me? Uh, no, I haven't even like watched all of like Naruto. Like I know that's like the, that's like the step one if you're trying to get into anime. That's not step one. <laughs> well, like that's like that's tier just... the next tier. Okay. Well, like I don't know. I just watched like Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff as a kid, but like that's like not that deep. I mean, I don't know. Pokemon games are pretty awesome, but it's not like the world building and stuff is like not like on the same level really as some of the other stuff. That was those were very like commercial and like kid friendly stuff. Yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z. Those were my, my jams. 
Digimon. Digimon. It's underrated. Do you remember Chaotic? Was that like cards? They made it into a card game, but they... So Chaotic was where you uh, chose a monster and then loaded into like a digital world as that monster and fought people. Mm. You remember Neopets? Neopets. (laughs) I killed all of them. (laughs) Bro, Neopets, I was like so young and I just didn't know. I didn't understand the concept that you logged in. So I every time I would like make a new account. Create a new account. I would just keep doing that time. and doing that and doing that. But you guys remember Webkins though? Yeah. Webkins. We made a lot of those. Well, Penguin. Yeah. RIP. Remember when they got rid of it? I think Michael hopped on like, like the last opportunity that you could to make. I did. And Penguin. then they all, somebody made like a, like a, like cause Disney bought Club Penguin. So someone like made like their own Club Penguin server. It was like not supported by like Disney. And, like, Sarah would play on it all the time. And then they, they had, like, a whole Discord. They would, like, update the catalog and shit. Like, they were, like, dedicated to keeping it alive. And then Disney sent them, like, a cease and desist. Like, y'all need to take this down. They just, like, ruined, like, the fun of it. So, mm. fucking Disney. Uh, fucking Disney. Should we uh, go back to the movie? I do have a, a couple questions for you guys. Uh, what, out of all the dishes, and I can name them if you want, what do you think looked the most appetizing? Because most of the stuff that they cooked was a bunch of like really pretentious uh, stuff that looks really expensive, but I think would maybe not taste that great. So what 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 would you uh, want to eat at the restaurant? Probably s'mores. With the people? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just wanted to say like when they listed the ingredients like marshmallow, chocolate, graham cracker, customer, staff, restaurant. Um, I thought that was really funny. But also how Chef Solik was saying how s'mores are just such like an abomination of a food but it's like what people think about when they think of like their childhood like bonfires summer like being outside with friends Mm -hmm. but like i love s'mores like i don't i didn't think they're that bad yeah yeah i think it's maybe it's just like the irony of it you know like this is because that's how i felt too also i don't know i like it's kind of morbid but i like how they were just wearing the hats and they were just all accepting (laughs) it they were like I'm just accepting my fate right now. You know what? I'm not even going to try and fight it. But that's also how I felt. I was like, genuinely, like, I just think of nostalgia. I think of campfires and I think of bonfires and just like, I don't know. I like mine crispy. So I would like, I feel like we would all just like stick them in the fire. Yeah, let mine get burnt. My marshmallows get burnt as well. Yeah. Also, like, it kind of made me think of like Pop-Tarts too. Like the, the s'mores. You guys would always, like, like I feel like mom would always buy the s'mores Pop-Tarts. She'd always buy the combo pack from, like, yeah. Costco, like, strawberry and brown sugar. And I ate those so much that I just don't even like strawberry anymore. I like yeah, cherry. Well, I'm a cherry guy. I, I wanted the cherry ones. And then and then sometimes she would get the hot fudge Sunday ones. But, like, yeah, like, the nostalgia of it. Like, what's wrong with the s'more? Mm-hmm. So that's that's a, a really good point that you guys brought up. Uh because the s'more, he describes it as a... Um, Let's see, wait, I think I have it. The most offensive assault on the human palate ever contrived. There you go. But what transforms this fucking monstrosity is fire, <laughs> which is a direct quote. Uh, the purifying flame, it nourishes us, warms us, reinvents us, forges us, destroys us. We must embrace the flame. We must be cleansed, made clean, like martyrs or heretics. We can be subsumed and made anew. And I think that, that the ending there is really 
a theme of like rebirth, especially rebirth through fire. Um, it reminded me of like a phoenix rising from the ashes, you know, that that bird burns to death and then rises as a new, better thing, right? So these people, yeah, there you go, Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> but these people have have accepted the fact that they are bad people. They're bad for Slowick, and they accept by the end that they need to be purified by the flame in order to like be born into something new and better. Mm-hmm. That was really deep. It was. Uh, <laughs> I also want to talk about like no. Oh, Angela, you never said what dish you'd eat, and Joseph. Oh yeah, also, which one did you like? Oh. I mean, I kind of like want to see like the pictures of them again. I don't know if that's pretentious, but like, I don't like I also when I went to Spain, there was this one dish and it was like rice soaked in pig's blood. And honestly, it kind of looked like sushi to me. But I mean, like I gave it a chance. I was like, there are certain dishes that I think like are served at like a very high end and classy restaurants. But I'm like, you know what? Even if it looks gross, I'm going to try it. I'm at least going to try it. And so, like, I don't know. I would try all of them, especially, like, the presentation. It was just on point. Um, but at the end of it, too, I think that I probably would have wanted just, like, like, at times, I I just get so annoyed with, like, the beauty sometimes of, like, food. And I'm like, just give me, like, a cheeseburger and some fries. Like, at the end, I was like, sometimes you can't go wrong with the simple dishes either. So I would say, like, the that cheeseburger. cheeseburger that cheeseburger did look banging it looks very yeah. good sometimes you just need a greasy cheeseburger and some french fries that was actually that was my favorite description in the movie uh the supplemental course was a cheeseburger just a well-made cheeseburger but it did look amazing though mm-hmm. it did it looked bussin' bussin' like that like took him like back to like when he was younger that picture of him like making a cheeseburger but like i don't know i feel like that kind of just brought him back to like why he even like he was in love with this craft in the first place like what it felt like just kind of rise up just be like a new chef he was like getting like an award or something which is why he was like holding the burger but like that kind of just brought him back but what are you gonna say Ange? it kind of reminds me of um ratatouille you know what i'm talking about mike when uh the, the critic uh like takes yeah. up what is his name his name's like ego or something but he takes a bite and then he like goes back to when he was like younger and his mom made him ratatouille yeah and then, and then, like, I don't know, the one edit, it's just ingrained into my head. The one edit of, like, Lil Uzi when they played the song in the background. Oh. And then it's, like, like P2. <laughs> I don't really care if you I think I know Yeah. What you're t- yeah. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's a good comparison, though, because Slowik, he was, like, only happy when he was making the simple cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. He wasn't doing all, all this, like, fancy stuff. Yeah, he was, like, just making a cheeseburger. He actually looked, like, kind of, like, delighted that she said, I just want, like, a fucking cheeseburger. And she was, like, I'm hungry. Yeah. He was, like, well, what do you want? I know that's not, like, a direct quote, but. Oh, I, I love that part. Uh, well, what do you have? We have everything. <laughs> well, what do you want? I want a cheeseburger. Like, what kind of cheese? American. American's the best kind of cheese for a cheeseburger because it doesn't <laughs> split when it melts. I think it's also, like, it was comical because, like, she didn't really eat most of the movie. And then she's like, I just want an effing cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. And I so it's almost bite. like, yeah. But I mean, at the end, though, at the end, she was like, I can finally, you know, I got my I got my popcorn with my movie. Mm-hmm. I got my dinner and a show. We forgot to bring this up earlier, but where did you 
Where did we all watch the movie at? Uh, I watched it on HBO Max. The first time? Mm-hmm. Oh, just by yourself? Uh, no, I think I was with... Who was I with? Probably Colin. Yeah, me and Angela watched it together. Marissa was also there. And going back to that, like, burger scene, um, Marissa was saying this, how when she asked for it, like, to go, it's kind of just, like, the whole, like, restaurant experience. Like, that's kind of, like, the end. He asked for the bill, and she asked for it to go, and she kind of, like, beats him at his own game, and she, like, makes her way out of there. And then the the wife of the guy who got his finger chopped off, I don't know his name. Do you know his name? Oh, uh, Mr. Lee part, I believe. Yeah. But um, Margo, like, looks back, and then, like, his wife is just like, fucking get out of here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like that they're all happy for her, because they, they yeah. realize that she really was a better person than them. She's the only one who had the respect for Slowick to stand up and say, hey, this is a bunch of pretentious bullshit. Like, can you just make me some real food? And it's just like, I don't know, I think you can apply this to a lot of different areas in your life. Sometimes you just have to stick with, like, the simple things. Mm-hmm. I was, like, low-key kind of... I don't know. I was upset when that lady. I'm upset. She just walked in though. I was like, that. That is like my absolute number one pet peeve. If if someone just isn't considerate and like interjecting, kind of thing. Like one of one thing that just like really set me off. Oftentimes with my old job was like, if I was working with a patient and someone else just came and interrupted and just wasn't polite about it, like that really gets to me. It's a red flag. It grinds my gears. It's like if a guy is chasing a ping pong ball, like in beer pong. Is that a red flag to you, Ange? Does that give you the ick? I never really put myself in in the position of like being in an area where there's beer pong. where people are playing beer pong. Yeah, I got you. You know, nothing against it, but it's just not my scene. Like, oh, when a guy stops to tie his shoe and he like bends down to tie it, like that's <laughs> such an ick. Like, what am I supposed to do? Just leave it untied? <laughs> No, you're yeah. supposed to get Velcro straps and just yeah. strap them over. Just tuck your shoelaces in the side of your shoe. All right, let's get back to business. Uber, I feel like you should give us something. Give us a okay. talking point. Yeah. Yeah, I want to talk about uh, the way that the movie kind of played with the tone and how it kind of introduced a couple tone shifts uh, because it was it was really comedic throughout the whole thing. There were a lot of jokes. Uh, I just wanted to share a couple uh, of those. Yeah, it was it was supposed to be like a horror thriller, but it wasn't scary. It was more like funny. It was still like a thriller because you didn't know like what was going to happen. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's more like a comedy thriller to me. Yeah. And they the, the whole thing is kind of a satire against like the upper class. So you kind of get jokes about that in there as well. Like uh, how that one girl went to Brown mm-hmm. and uh, he was like, do you have student loans? Loans? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, well, you died. I was like, <laughs> I was looking that up though, and I guess Brown University usually covers people's like their fees, their tuition, which is kind of crazy. But she just bought her way in. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, but so yeah, one of the ways it kind of plays with tone is that whenever there's a really high stakes situation, you can count on the fact that there's going to be a joke put in there somewhere to kind of ease the tension. So there's one where the kind of uh, the finance bros who work with Varick, uh look at their tortillas and there's the financial statements showing that they like falsified basically that they were stealing the money. Um, and he says, Hey, you know, to the maitre d, he goes, Hey, you know, what are these? And she says, these are tortillas. Tortillas <laughs> deliciosas. Like really put an emphasis on it just to kind of mess with them, you know, mm-hmm. cause they're like, obviously they're fucking tortillas. Yeah. Um, there's a couple other 
What was Mar- what was on Margot's? Did she have something on hers? I don't remember. Margot, no. So her their table was just the pictures. I think of it was just Tyler's. Tyler's. Yeah. Snapping pictures. Oh, Tyler taking pictures of the food. Oh, when they when they uh, give the males a chance to escape, Tyler doesn't run, and they're like, "You, you too, Tyler." And he's like, "All right," just walks away. Wait, another funny part was um, when Margot. It's kind of like a fake out. Like Margot like goes into his room with the radio and calls like the Coast Guard, and then that guy's like pointing the gun like at um, Slowick, and everyone's like, "Yes!" Like we're finally yeah. fucking out of here. And then he just like lights the candle. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, ah. Oh. That's another great one because that's like <laughs> one of the highest tension scenes, and they just they totally like catch you off guard in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, like another one was, uh, it was at, it was right after Margot had accidentally, or maybe on purpose, just out of instinct, killed the maitre d. Uh, she stabbed her in the throat. Well, she was trying to kill her, wasn't she? Uh huh. So in self-defense, she stabs her in the throat and it goes from her kind of screaming in horror to back to the kitchen or back to the restaurant and they're singing happy birthday to one of the finance guys. And he's like, you told him it was my birthday? And he goes, yeah, it's, it seemed funny like three hours ago. And he's like, thank you. So you get a lot of those. Yeah. I also wanted to bring up um, like the whole like the whole restaurant experience. I've seen the movies called like The Menu. Um and when like at the end when everyone's like paying for the bills the tech bros all just kind of or finance bros whatever is all kind of throw their cards like together like i don't know if it's supposed to be like credit card like roulette where like the person like serving uh like picks but i don't know i just thought that was funny and then also like the married couple or like all the guys that had dates like the guy like in the stereotype was just like paying for the date right or paying for the dinner and uh lillian blooms little underling is like oh no please it's on the magazine (laughs) like it like it's gonna matter you know and then um i feel like we didn't talk about this at all but like slowik's mother like at this point she's just fucking like how he says how she's just like a drunk like when everyone's just paying the bills she's just fucking like passed out like face like on the table and like she's just holding like a there's just like a wine glass in her hand like i don't even think she says anything the entire film yeah in a way though i was like should i like be sympathetic towards the fact of his mom is also gonna die along with them or she didn't really care i don't know like she just she just didn't care or he didn't care or no he one seemed cared. okay with it she well she was do you drunk. think she was in it yeah she was <laughs> drunk do you think that like she like fully processed what was going on i don't think so i think she was just so drunk and slowick doesn't i think you know he loves his mother for sure he's affectionate mm-hmm. towards her um but he he makes an allusion to her being the first person that he couldn't please. So, um, because when he's talking about how he's at this high price point and he can, he can only serve people that he can't please, he says it's part of our culture to be constantly trying to please people. And it started, started with his mother. And he says that even his restaurant was part of the problem because he was playing into the, um, the fact that you're trying to satisfy people that can't be satisfied. And that started with his mother. Which I thought was really sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a great, that's not a cheery thought. But I should have talked about this when we, we talked about the bread plate. But mm-hmm. um, he kind of gives like a historical background for bread, which is that bread has existed for over 12,000 years, uh, especially for the poor, because it was just flour and water. And that grain represents 65% of all agriculture still. Um, 
So bread is like super important to food in general, especially to the lower class, which is why he denies the richer classes bread. Uh, and then he also says that Jesus taught his followers to pray by um, teaching them to beg for their daily bread. Body of Christ. Body of Christ. And then you have these rich people who, although they're kind of like the opposite of the the poorer classes, they're the ones now begging for bread and they're denied mm, it. Very ironic. Um, very ironic. And I just wanted to say, um, taking it back to the body of Christ, that remember going to church. I was always so hungry being at church. And when it was finally like communion time, like when you get the little wafer, like I would never chew it. I just wanted it to last as long as possible just because I was so hungry and it was so good. And I don't even know what that's made out of. I asked for I don't two. I know one what time. it's made out of. Yes, for two. Did you get two? No, no. <laughs> My parents okay. were not happy. Also, though, like the priest, theirs was so much bigger. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's gotta taste. It looked like it it like it had more substance to it too. We should just buy some, honestly. Put some you like can buy we should like cook you know, something. Really? Mm-hmm. A tortilla. Tortillas. Tortillas delicioso. <laughs> did you guys did you guys ever drink the wine at church? Uh-huh. I, I remember I would like I practice that. in my head, like being like, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's, what you're to do. That That's what they told us to do. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to like mess up. That was like a big deal. Like first communion. I didn't want to get drunk. One sip. Yeah. One sip. Of, one hit of the body of Christ. And, <laughs> or the blood of Christ. I always think of the, the family guy thing. Like, is that really the blood of Christ? And he's like, yes. He goes, man, that, that guy must have been wasted 24 hours a day. Because <laughs> it's wine. I get it. <laughs> i kind of wanted to say something about it i don't know, I don't know when you were like, oh oh this is what reminded me of anthony remember anthony he was just like such a a slow eater like growing up and he would be like i'm just trying to enjoy my food <laughs> that's how i was he would always say that i mean if you eat slower you get full faster right and it's better for digestion too yeah I don't know. You're like eating your food like fast as hell. Then you like will still be hungry. So it's like, you gotta enjoy it. You gotta taste it. Yeah, savor it. Yeah. Yes. And you know what? That's what they do in the menu. He says, do not, do not eat. Taste, savor. Yeah. Consider every morsel. They're eating for taste. Mm. You're you're eating for the experience. Mm-hmm. That's what you And I for. think like, like at the end of the day, like, I don't know, food and the experience, like, it's all so like it, it just like brings people together, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna shameless plug Angela's Instagram. Put a fork in it. Yeah. Put a fork Angela's in a it. Angela's a big foodie. I am. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, follow it. It's it's got a it's put underscore uh underscore fork underscore in <laughs> underscore it. <laughs> <laughs> underscore underscore. I think there's an underscore and then the zero too, but you need to update that. I feel like app. I just like sometimes. Yeah, but like, am I still gonna keep it? Put a fork in it, or does anyone yeah. else have any other um, any handle handle um, any handle suggestions? I think you should start incorporating like some fitness stuff in there because you're also like a very big fitness person. Like, it kind of yeah. like blends well, like wellness, food. You know, you're always like going to like I don't know, just like restaurants that I haven't heard of, or like just like making food that looks really good that I probably can't make. So uh-huh, I don't know if you're, you. you're up there. I just, I do it for fun. I don't really do it for the likes or anything like that. Cause I only get like five likes on a pic, but 
Bad. It's all going to change like... when everyone listening to this follows. <laughs> Put a fork in it. Yes. Oh, yeah. Put your underscore, two. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. I don't know. Well, it's like also one of those things where I'm like, you know, like I I just kind of post because I'm like, you know, what? I do it for me and like the memory of it because it's like a little digital scrapbook in a way. Mm-hmm. I'm not pleasing anyone. Post for you. people pleaser. I have a question for you guys. What is the best or worst Yelp review you've ever written? I don't write any Yelp reviews, but I really? do write reviews on my food Instagram. Yeah. Oh, any bad ones or no? Um, usually like I just won't I won't post anything bad. It's the only time I write Yelp reviews is when I have a bad experience. Okay, well, that's like that's like the responder's bias is like you're only ever going to write a review if you feel super strongly about it. So whether that's positive or negative. Mm-hmm. everyone in the middle like usually can care less yeah yeah i don't think i've ever written a bad review because if i had a bad experience at a restaurant i would just never go back i wouldn't yeah. like feel the need to not that it's bad to write a bad review you know that's, mm-hmm. what, that's what it's there for but i was gonna say my bad yelp review was uh when i went to kfc and they had no chicken i was like oh michael <laughs> <laughs> that was like a while i don't know what year that's that was. also that's uh, also KFC. Yeah. That's the I one know. thing you need at KFC. I though. know. Also, another time, Chipotle, they were, like, closed when they were not supposed to be closed. Like, it was, like, 7 p.m. and they were closed. This is probably during the pandemic, though. I was like, bruh. That was your response? No, I, I I've been saying that a was. lot lately, though. Yeah. I started saying it because of you, I think. I'm sorry. You, <laughs> I don't care. Did you guys have any other points that you wanted to make? One more? Okay. So. I had a lot to say about like the foreshadowing in this movie. I didn't really get to speak on it because it wasn't like my my favorite topic that I focused on. But in his opening uh, statement, he says, do not eat, taste, savor, relish. Consider every morsel you put in your mouth. Don't eat. Our menu is too precious for that. Accept all of it and forgive. And then by the end of the movie, when he kind of convinces everyone that this dying in this in this fire is going to um contribute to them kind of having a rebirth or reforging uh of who they are they accept it so at the very beginning he asks them to accept their fate accept the menu and by the end they do they're actually happy to die so all part of the menu uh-huh he says thank you i love you all and everybody including the patrons say we love you chef and uh, they're at peace with their death. Oh. They embrace the flame and hope to be made anew, mm. which I thought was a very w- good way to tie everything together. I kind of forgot about that, too, how they were like, we love you, chef. But, you know, like, I mean, he he did tell them a story in a way. And, you know, like they fought it, but then they finally accepted it. And so they all sort of like went on the journey and things came full circle and he finally just like got through to them and mm-hmm. was like that was his magnum opus mm-hmm. that was his magnum his masterpiece. opus yeah. memento yeah. mori have you guys seen birdman yeah oh like at the end how this is a birdman spoiler but he shoots himself at the end of the play and uh i don't know it was just like very memorable that was his magnum opus that was like if this is like a real thing in real life and that was like his like final like presentation or like the menu, like I know people would be eating that up. 
Like they'd be like, this guy's a goat. <laughs> I don't know if they'd say this guy's a goat because he killed a lot of people. <laughs> but that would definitely be like a Netflix documentary or two about this. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. I think it would be big news. But yeah, I think I, I agree. He definitely told a story. Uh, and I think that that is where his art comes in because I'm very skeptical to say that chefs are artists because we don't really judge the food based on the look. Well, we can, but really what matters is the taste. And so it's not really like, in my mind, an artistic experience. But I do have a quote from uh, Emma Enderby, uh, who's a curator at The Shed. And this comes from uh, Surface, where they have chefs, curators, and artists debate whether food is art. And her quote by Emma Enderby says, uh, perhaps like paint in a tube or a slab of uncarved marble, food without context is not art. And I think that Slowick gives a lot of context around his dishes. And he does. He tells a story. So I think that in his case, he is an artist because, of, because he uses food just as a medium to tell a story. You're saying a triple cheeseburger from McDonald's is not art? No. <laughs> Especially things that are mass produced. Those can't that can't be art. Uh, yeah. a chair from IKEA. Um it's just like every other chair from IKEA. It's not art. It's um, I don't know about that one, Chief. <laughs> oh, I don't know about little... that one. Because I I've spent so much time in IKEA. And you know, I just get lost in there. I get lost in IKEA and I don't know. Well, I'm just having fun making my my little apartment. Mm-hmm. And all the chairs are so unique. Yeah. The thing about that though is, Ange, is you you're you're taking things that aren't art and you're making it into your own art. Mm. Yeah. You're taking mass-produced and arranging you're putting that stuff together. And I don't I'm not hating on your your IKEA purchases <laughs> in a bad way. But it's it is. It's a mass-produced kind of not unique object but if you buy a bunch of different ones and put them together your kind of interior design is a form of art wait but also though an artist the way you have to put it together yourself so everyone could be each one could be different if someone makes it differently you know like you fuck up one part you don't use the right screw Mm -hmm. Um, but here's here's where here's where i'll disagree with you here mikey if you (laughs) if you mess up at a part does that mean that you've created art or does that mean that you have kind of just made a mistake? So if, if the chair is put together improperly and it's unique, then it could be considered a a piece of art, but then it would be a bad chair because it might be wobbly or something. So if you were, if you were designing a chair to not be sat on, but to be looked at, I would say that's art. But if you're, Building something that has like a function for functionality, beyond, yeah, right. Function beyond the experience that it gives you, I think that it stops being art. Which is what this is, which is why I feel that way about food. Like if it doesn't taste good, it doesn't taste good. Don't eat it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a big thought to close it on, but to digest. <laughs> to digest. <laughs> that was very tasteful. He ate. Let him cook. <laughs> wait guys should we go into like a rating for the movie oh sure yeah 
Okay, should we I say it like separately? Huh? We, um, mm. I feel like we should, okay, yeah. I mean, I guess we could. I feel like I like it more after, like, talking about it with you guys, though. Because originally I didn't really like it, but maybe it was because of, like, my lack of understanding or, like, my lack of really delving into the actual film. So I just wanted to say that I enjoyed talking about it with you guys. Me too. It's been fun. I had a great time, guys. I, you know, thank you so much for having me. This is a, a great, <laughs> prepared, fun experience. He did. Yeah, maybe a little. Our first guest. You were our first guest. Honestly, I, I think I need to buy Zoom Premium so we don't have to keep ending calls and making new calls. But I saw that it's like twenty five dollars. Really? I think I think that's what it's. Ah, uh, Jesus! A month? Is it per month? Mm, I think it's a one time purchase. Oh, then I'll, I should buy that. You I get like I was maybe say, a year, a year's I license. Can... I should do that. Um, but since I'm making fat stacks, I can I can also chip in. Fat stacks. Um, out of five, should I just go ahead and say what I said or what I rated? Yes. It? I give it four out of five. Thought it was really good. Felt some emotion. I like when I feel something from a movie, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes movies just don't feel anything. I just can't give it a five. But I don't know. This one had a good story, good characters. Um Someone just walked in the background of Angela's camera. <laughs> but yeah, I liked it. Um, yeah, you guys could go ahead. How about you, Ange? Three and a half. Three and a half, okay. Uh, you're a tough critic. I am. It's just like, you know, there aren't a whole lot of fives out there. And so when I do feel something, I'll get that five. Are <laughs> you, Joseph? I didn't think it was bad, though. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, I would definitely recommend it to everybody. Um, but I think I got to go 4.5. I usually do the 10 point scale. And I, if it was on 10, I, ha- I got to give it a nine. Because uh, I mean, it was definitely lacking in a few areas, but nothing major. I mean, really all around a really good film. Uh, it really it really just tied itself, tied itself up in a neat bow, like everything Everything came back. Nothing was kind of uh, forgotten. No crumbs. About. Right. Um, no leftovers. You got the whole cake, baby. Whole <laughs> cake. No crumbs. Uh, but yeah, really, really great movie. Amazing uh, acting all around. Um, yeah, definitely recommend it. So 4.5. Yeah, that's a really good rating. And also like good acting. Like if someone's like a bad character or like a antagonist or whatever. Um, like Tyler was obviously like kind of like an antagonist. Um, I don't know. His acting was really good because I disliked him in the movie. So that's how you kind of know someone's acting is pretty good. Right. Um, should do you guys want to read some? Re- I screenshotted a review. I don't know if you guys also I did, did this. We might have the same one, Angela, but this one's from Letterboxd. It's from Brian. No less. Oh, name. we don't have the same one. And he, his um, his review is Rafe Fine served and Anya Taylor Joy ate. That was it. They did. <laughs> it was just like a sentence review. That, that was all I got. How about you, Ange? We're in a hold. <laughs> sorry, guys, sorry. We're in a hold. Let's take five. Um, this was um, also from Letterboxd. It was from Grace. Oh, she also gave it a three and a half. She said, this would never happen at an Olive Garden. I actually ate at Olive Garden like two days ago. 
Them breadsticks. Okay, those breadsticks or Red Lobster's Cheddar Bay Biscuits or Texas Roadhouse's Rolls? I worked at Texas Roadhouse. Uh, those rolls were busting, um, especially with like the cinnamon butter. But I got to say the Olive Garden breadsticks, well, the thing is they're hit or miss sometimes with how they make them. Sometimes they're like rock hard. But last time I went, you get like, you could order, this is like $5 extra. You get like the sauce. You just get like the fettuccine or the Alfredo sauce. Not the fettuccine, the Alfredo sauce. They just give it to you like in like a little, like a little bowl and you just dip it. Um, but I think honestly, the most consistent one for me is textured house bread. Like it doesn't miss to me about y'all. Uber? Uh I, you know, I really want to say those uh those Texas Roadhouse biscuits, but I gotta go Cheddar Bay. The Cheddar Bay Red Me Lobster. Too. Oh, so good. Amazing. Also, I feel like a close runner up. We can also throw in like I don't know what it was about like that the Outback bread, mm. but that was also good. Maybe it was because you just arrive at those restaurants and you're like, I'm so hungry. Let me get them biscuits or them like some sort of like bread. Look at us being peasants. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's the it's really it's an important part of the meal. You can't you can't have a breadless bread plate. That would mm-hmm. not fly at Texas Roadhouse. Yeah, I'm gonna have to say Cheddar Bay biscuits as well. That's got yeah, that's the best one. Oh, I forgot about this. Anything you guys would like to recommend just in life? Anything you want to recommend to anyone? You could have multiple, but you could go in. I have a few. Okay, so um actually I'm supposed to wake up really early tomorrow because I signed up for a cycling class. And basically, like, our our company has, like, this class pass thing where you can try all these different exercise classes. So I'm going to try, like, a cycle bar class tomorrow. But I would recommend, like, everyone try, like, a fitness class that they otherwise wouldn't because, you know, be comfortable, being uncomfortable, try new things. Also, I think that I actually found an alcohol alcoholic beverage that I might like. What? It's um, it's an IPA. It's the um, Wise Acre. The Wise Acre. The Wise Acre Tiny Bomb. And then, um, I also went to a coffee shop with one of my friends, and I got a matcha latte, and it was topped with like I'll post it on my food Instagram for y'all, so. Put You'll get it, it eventually. Yep. Put Go a fork follow. in it. Go follow. Um, it's a matcha latte and then it's topped with um, so it's green and then it's blue. And there's like a like a butterfly pea cold foam. It's just, it was just really good. Sounds good. And IKEA furniture. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um my recommendation would be go go to a restaurant that you can't afford and get get you some amuse bouche get you some house smoked brasse chicken thigh all pastor with some heirloom masa um no that's not my real advice <laughs> um i would say don't if you're if you're a type of person that gets embarrassed really easily when you do something embarrassing in front of strangers just think about this how many embarrassing moments from strangers doing something embarrassing do you remember probably not very many people don't really remember you yeah especially strangers so just go out there just be yourself people aren't thinking about you as much as you think they are yep which is a good thing 
because if everyone was thinking about you, you'd be very anxious. Yeah, that's just like social anxiety, like in a nutshell. Like, have you ever see those TikToks where it's just like the earth and it just like zooms out and it's just like we're really like very insignificant specks. So, like, if you do something crazy, like, everyone's going to forget. They have their own shit to think about. I mean, definitely you yeah. should be nice and, you know, yeah, definitely respect. don't murder people. But people aren't going to mm-hmm. remember your little flip ups, mm-hmm. especially in 100 years. They won't even know your name. Unless you become famous. Yeah. Hey, this podcast will that, live on the radio waves. Mm-hmm. Forever. People, people will remember this. Yeah. They'll remember this. <laughs> <laughs> Even then, though, I'm like, you know, you have to, like, you know, live for you and, um, yeah. Just, like, do things that make you happy. Mm-hmm. Because life is short. True. Any other recommendations, Joseph? Um, that was very deep. Call your parents. They they miss you. That's another good one. That's a good one. I should do that more. <laughs> oh, you said I should do that more. I should. Well, you never know when the last time you're going to see someone is. So I think you know. that also is a segue to. I think I don't want to be like taken like being like, oh yeah, you need to do this too. But I feel like you know if you. If you want to say I love you, then say it to like your friends and family because again, you you never know. I think that's why like I, I know like Marissa's like sometimes I just kind of she's like I don't know she gets like a little like fussy with like everyone saying I love you all the time, but it's like you really never know. Yeah, life's very short. Like I don't know, kind of crazy actually. Like. And also, this brings me to one of my recommendations. Um, the Midnight Gospel, Duncan Trussell. Um, have you guys seen that show on Netflix? I have, yeah. You recommended I, that to me. I remember, yeah. When that first came out, I was like, oh my god, this looks amazing. And I started listening to his podcast, too. Um, but the episode on death, that like put me in like an existential crisis. Because I was just like, bro, I could just die whenever and just be nothing forever. And like, it's really scary. And I feel like a lot of people have that, like, existential dread. And I don't know. It's just when you shout out to Gary Vee, also uh, Daily Stoic, Ryan Holiday on Instagram. <laughs> but Memento Mori. And it's also why I want this. T- I want, like, a tattoo of, like, a skeleton. Just, like, as, like, a reminder. When you're getting, like, worked up about stupid shit that doesn't really matter. Like, everyone you know and yourself will be dead eventually. So do the things that you want as long as you're not hurting yourself or other people. That was good, Mike. But yeah, that was really good. Um, also, I've been really into chess lately. So the chess.com app. Really fun. Uh, you could like review. Do you, know, you guys know how to play chess? Um, no, but I was going to. I was going to say when you visit, there is like a coffee shop and it's called um, the Memphis Chess Club. And like the whole like everyone goes and plays chess there. And they have like chess up on the screens and the whole like theme there is just That's like pretty chess. cool. So I'm checking I'm checking out all of the coffee shops. That's so you're awesome. gonna go to that one. Alrighty. I will. Um yeah, you could like I don't know, the app's pretty cool. You could like review all your games and it'll tell you what you should have done instead. So mm-hmm. I'm getting my chess game up. Um have you learned any um any cool uh, openings? Strat- yeah, there you go. Openings. That's what I was looking for. 
Yeah, there's a lot of like common ones. Usually like the most like the best one that I found that works for me is like opening with like moving the pawn twice up. I don't know like all like the board pieces like pawn to e6. Like I'm not yeah. that advanced yet. But I just move the pawn like up two from like from the king and the queen so you like take control of the middle. Really recommend that opening. It's pretty good. Do you play the middle? I play the middle and I also like moving the pawn where the bishop and move out and then they can take out like the rook across mm -hmm. like that's like a little sneaky like people aren't really expecting that you should uh work on your queen's gambit <laughs> yeah <laughs> to connect it back to the movie yeah anya taylor joy um speaking great. of that huh oh she's great on that show too as well Kyle Spira, i saw him today and he was like bro you need to watch that show and he actually texted me during the podcast, was like trying to play chess. So this man is like all in on chess right now. Are you seeing the flashes come through my window? There's a storm outside right now. Oh, is that a police officer, Angela? <laughs> what the hell is going on? <laughs> we got some news that uh, this girl was filming a podcast in the lobby. <laughs> like, why are you arresting her? Yeah. Oh, hey, oh, what did she do? <laughs> Oh yeah, buddy, I'm recording you. What's going on, on the internet? What are you doing? What did you do? <laughs> Guys, we have two minutes left of this call. It's been really fun. Thank you, Joseph, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. You guys are, are awesome. It's great to see you again, Angela, by the way. I know. I feel like I haven't seen you in a long time. It's been a long time. So yeah. If you want to be on again, you're always welcome. Oh, thank you so much. I would love to come back. Okay, this man really does his research. Um, follow follow <laughs> us on guest. Instagram, Endless Audio Podcast. Probably going to make a TikTok. We might have some clips on there. Endless Audio Podcast. Some dances. We have a minute and 30 seconds left. I wish I had, I wish I had something to plug, but I have nothing. So I'll come, I'll come with a new business venture next time. Okay, let's build. Let's build. Let them cook. <laughs> <laughs> Angela, anything? A minute 20. Um, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who's supporting us. Thank you, Joseph, aka Goober, for coming on the podcast, being our first official guest. Of course. Thank you, Michael, for all that he does in the trenches. In the trenches, yeah. Every day. We're getting out of the <laughs> trenches. Um, thanks, Anne, for being here. Thank you, guys. Thanks, anyone who's listening. It said we had 50 unique listeners. So tell your friends, tell your family. Leave a review, maybe five stars, hopefully. Maybe four stars. I'd be okay with that too. Um, yeah, thank you, everyone. You guys want to say anything else? Uh, let me know in the comments if I was annoying or not, <laughs> uh, or if you want to have me back. I don't know if I'm adding or subtracting here, but just let me know. No, you're definitely an add, definitely a plus. But um, okay, we can end it there. Thank you, guys. 